Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Hey, it's Latif from Radio Lab. Our goal with each episode is to make you think, how did I live this long and not know that? Radio Lab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Listen wherever you get podcasts. From WNYC Studios, I'm Brian Lehrer. This is my Daily Politics Podcast. It's Tuesday, February 14th. You know, we haven't talked yet on this show about the Chinese spy balloon and subsequent shootdowns of unidentified flying things over the last week. We've been more focused on things like the threat from crime and the threat from the police and attempts to ban a full teaching of American history here on the Earth's surface. Much more tangible threats than whatever mischief anyone is trying to cause tens of thousands of feet up there somewhere. But presidents and generals and very serious-sounding intelligence experts seem very concerned, concerned enough to interrupt the Super Bowl with an unscheduled briefing for reporters on Sunday night, not on TV, wouldn't have seen it watching the game, but behind the scenes, some reporters had a scramble to interrupt their watching of the game if they were watching of the game and get this briefing. Um, People who think about war for a living tend to be very into football, right? We're actually going to do a segment on that later in the show. So if they're breaking away from that, I guess something worth paying attention to is going on. Maybe it's even... Aliens from outer space, right? White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre? There is no, again, no indication of aliens or extraterrestrial activity with these recent takedowns. Okay, so it's probably not E.T. Let's see what it is with Jeff Wise, a science journalist who tackles interesting questions for New York Magazine. Some of his recent articles are about whether the U.S. needs a new population boom for its own good. The last two years saw the slowest population growth in a century here. Should we be concerned about that? Another one on whether freedom of speech should be redefined to include a right not to be lied to, an article that isn't even about George Santos, and his latest called Understanding the UFO War. Jeff, thanks for coming on. Welcome to WNYC. Thanks very much, Brian. So uh, it's a pleasure to be here. So your article opens with a briefing phone call from the Pentagon to reporters during the first half of the Super Bowl. What was so important as to interrupt this natural national ritual tune out from the real world? Well, it's such an interesting moment that's happening where, you know, the, these unidentified objects are are drifting over the continental United States. Uh the Biden administration is being criticized for not being decisive enough for waiting until it gets, you know, past the East Coast to shoot it down. Then these other balloons appear. There's a lot of confusion. People don't know what it is. People are thinking about previous uh, revelations by the military that, in fact, they are actually looking for reports of what they call UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomenon. It sounds very much like the X-Files. Um And, you know, we've been so acculturated to this idea that the government knows about aliens and just isn't telling us um, that when the White House press secretary gets up and says, hey, guys, there aren't aliens, then that just sort of is proof that there definitely are aliens, you know. Um, So, yeah, this is (laughs) happening in the middle of the Super Bowl, second quarter. uh, And and yet it still has the power to kind of bust through and go viral on Twitter 
that the military is refusing to rule out the possibility that what they're dealing with are extraterrestrials. Um, I think, in fact, there's kind of a culture misalignment happening here where, you know, the military is is very, um, you know, they, they like to get their communications absolutely solid, straight up and down, so that if they don't know something, they're going to say, we don't know it. We can't say it for sure. Well, can you can you say 100% for sure that it's not aliens? No, of course I can't. I don't know. I, we haven't even seen it yet. We've just seen a radar reflection. So, um, but then when the the most, the, the you know, the mass culture like us hears something like that, well, they're, they're not ruling it out. That sounds like ruling it in. Right. So maybe maybe the military is actually confirming that there's, that there's UFOs. And <laughs> right. it, it, well, it, I, it's like I, a game I, of telephone. Yeah, I can't rule out that a stranger will walk up to me on the street and offer me a Valentine's Day gift of Super Bowl tickets for next year. But it doesn't mean I think there's a snowball's chance. So maybe it's like that. But before we get into the real stuff, have you been following social media memes about this business as possibly extraterrestrial? Does it look like a lot of people are taking that possibility seriously or plugging into conspiracy theories about the government covering up precisely that kind of event? Well, I, th I don't know if it even really counts as conspiracy theory at this point, because the because back in 2017, you know, the New York Times ran this uh, kind of blockbuster article um, talking about the fact that the military actually did have a program to kind of try to collect reports of unidentified flying objects. And there and and in uh, subsequent uh, years, the, the the military actually started putting out regular reports saying these are all the uh all the sightings that we have and the military is not really saying that they that there is that this is definitively and conclusively proof that there's no ufos i mean the the, the issue really has been left hanging so that so this this kind of you know what normally would be labeled as a conspiracy theory has essentially been endorsed by officialdom that's one way to look at it, I guess. All right. What this really is about, though, according to your article, is potential adversaries taking advantage of changing technology to erode longstanding U.S. military dominance. How can a spy balloon or these other non-balloon flying objects potentially do that? Right. So the context is that we have this massive military industrial complex, as you know, that spends trillions of dollars to defend the united states against perceived threats and for the most of the cold war especially and we really live in, in sort of the after uh effects of the cold war the focus was on building you know long range high speed high altitude bombers fighters we have a radar network that's that stretches across the entire arctic that's designed to detect and intercept high speed big moving objects and now we live in an age in which everyone has a little cell phone in their pocket and there's drones that you can go down to Best Buy and for a hundred bucks, you can get a pretty capable little electronics package. And as we've seen in um, the war in Ukraine, especially, you know, Russia has this incredibly advanced um, aviation industry and fighters and bombers and things, and yet they're helpless to do anything against drones that are operating at treetop level and dropping hand grenades onto tanks. And so there's this whole new kind of threat environment that is very different from what we've spent all of this money and all this time developing. And so we've our attention has been turned in, in another direction for so long that it's really a massive cultural shift. We have to sort of change our habits in terms of looking in different directions. Um, and so at the same time, we, as we've got this kind of cultural 
predisposition to see strange things in the night and assume that they're aliens and extraterrestrials. And so there's this kind of really kind of swirling pattern of, of beliefs and, and attitudes that really has to be realigned. Hmm. Can you just describe the three things the U.S. has shot down these last three days in a row to the best of your knowledge so far? One was over Alaska, I see, one over northern Canada and one over Lake Huron in the right. Great Lakes region near Michigan, are they all the same size? Do they otherwise seem similar? What else would they look like if we saw them through a telescope? Well, one of the things that I think has made this also meme-worthy is that the, that the military has been so vague as to what they're seeing. And again, I think it comes down to this culture of like, we're not going to say we know what it is until, unless we actually have the physical evidence in hand. And they've detected these things on radar. Um, and in some cases, shot them down without really having eyeballs on it. So they don't really know. Um, and the language that they've used has made it sound very mysterious. Um, I, here's what I think is really going on. I think that the Chinese really did send this surveillance balloon over the United States. The, the, the Americans finally saw, oh, this is happening. They kind of woke up. They, they, they had to retune their radars which had been, as I said, for generations looking for really high, fast, big things and look for smaller, slower things. Now, the problem is when you look at like low speed things, a lot of things are low speed. Birds are low speed, drifting, you know, um, birthday balloons and things mm -hmm. like this. And all, the New York Times had a great article this morning about all the thousands of balloons that get sent up into the upper atmosphere for things like research and weather uh, observations and right. just hobbyists send up balloons just for fun. And all of a sudden you're you're retuning your radar and you're looking at an environment that, you, that you've never really been in the habit of looking at before. And you're seeing stuff that you just don't know what it is because you've never really done it before. And I think probably what the, the, the most recent three that they shot down were probably things like weather balloons or, or hobbyist balloons or who knows what, but now they're seeing everything. Um, and, and, and they're shooting it down without knowing what it is. And to that New York Times article in 2017 that you mentioned and that you refer to in your article, um, since then, you write, they've reported hundreds, the Pentagon, I guess, has reported hundreds of unexplained sightings. Hundreds? Yeah, I mean, all the time. I mean, <laughs> but most of them, and it, it, this is pretty um, unsurprising, that you know, people report, they see Venus and they'll say there's this object hovering on the horizon and it's Venus. Uh, this happens all the time. <laughs> um, people will see, you know, um, a contrail or a weather phenomenon. Most things are able to be explained pretty quickly. And then there's things you can't explain. You just don't know. And again, it, it comes down to if something mysterious happens, do we project meaning onto it or do we just kind of shrug and say, listen, we just don't have enough data. So, yeah, no, there's been hundreds of reports and the the, mil the military has been, um, you know, trying to become more open about explaining them. But it's interesting because why is the military doing this now? And I think it comes down to the, the fact that the military itself is struggling to change its attitude towards these small, elusive um phenomena that can be really hard to pin down and can be a threat. And I don't know if you remember, Brian, but there was a kind of a minor hullabaloo back in late uh, 2019 about the these mysterious lights that were being seen in the evening in central Colorado. 
the Colorado drone swarms, and nobody could huh. ever figure I out what, if anything, was happening. And we'll call it, it a hull, we'll call it a hullabaloon. <laughs> hullabaloon, thank you. Um, and you know, it was interesting to me because it, it nothing really ever came of it, but it was a demonstration that somebody could fly a fleet of drones over the continental United States, over fairly populated area. And they're just so hard to track and identify hmm. that you can do it with impunity. And I think that there really is, even though it all seems sort of silly and, and kind of very entertaining and, and very meme worthy and rather silly, frankly, I think there is actually a really serious security issue going on here, hmm. which is that the, the simple fact, as we've seen demonstrated again in, in the Ukraine war, is that a person who has a, a drone um, can operate it in such a way that it can be very difficult to counteract and very, yeah. very difficult even to detect. So you can imagine a person with malevolent intent doing all kinds of harm. And so maybe some of these things are Amazon testing their new no salary to pay delivery system. But to the more serious uh, concern here, one of the main points of your article, and you were just getting at it, is that our Pentagon, with its $850 billion annual budget, is a lumbering old thing that's behind the times compared to a little nimble country like Ukraine, which is beating the Russians with 21st century little gizmos, even as they ask us for some of our old technology, big things. But is our Pentagon that behind the times compared to um, Ukraine or other countries? Well, you're exactly right. I mean, we've got this massive, massive organization. It's like turning around an oil tanker. It takes time. And the military seems monolithic from the outside, but from the inside, in order for change to get affected, there has to be debate, um, disagreement. Um, it's a struggle, you know, and we've seen it historically over time when, you know, the airplane was invented. There was like a decades long disagreement about how should we use these things. And over time, the, the, the opinion changed. And um, so I think a part of what we're seeing um, as we as, as we hear these sometimes baffling statements from the military is, you know, the after effects of a discussion that's happening behind closed doors, but which is manifesting outwardly in, in, in ways that we don't really fully understand. Jeff, in Brooklyn, you're on WNYC. Hi, Jeff. Uh, hi, Brian. Uh, just a point of clarity uh, regarding these unidentified aerial phenomenon. Uh, there, the military has started, as we noted, uh, the military has started to investigate, and there were cases reported of, of uh, phenomena that just didn't meet the profile of any known uh, aircraft, and those require serious investigation. Uh, there was a case in California where a Navy... Navy uh, training mission was encountering these strange objects, but none of the objects that were shot down fit that profile. They're all very conventional types of crafts, even if they're not identified as such. So we shouldn't make a joke about the fact that there needs to be investigation of phenomenon that just don't match uh, normal flight profile of any craft that we know of. Uh, but this doesn't fit that profile at all. This doesn't fit that profile. What does it fit to you with the experience that you cite? Oh, well, actually, my, my experience is not aircraft-related. It's dealing with the military and how they talk about things. Uh, but um, I, I think just the public is missing the distinction uh, between the very real need to investigate aircraft uh, or aerial phenomenon that don't match 
the flight profile of balloons, airplanes, or even rockets. Um, but that has that is a very different ex, uh, exploration than looking at aircraft that were moving at uh, very slow speed uh, that didn't seem to be maneuverable. Uh, all the things, that, little bits of information we've been getting about these these objects mm-hmm. that have been shot down. And uh, just to just to play sci-fi for a moment, mm-hmm. I can't believe that any any civilization that was capable of, of interstellar travel that might be investigating our civilization would have an aircraft that could be shot down by an F-22. So let's put that reality in perspective as well. Right. Interesting. And thank you, Jeff. And Jeff Wise, you describe the march of technology involved in these things in your article uh, as you did a little bit a few minutes ago here, in a way like once upon a time we had Cold War era bulkiness of missiles and anti-missile systems compared to today's little smartphones and general miniaturization of everything. How does that relate to the military risk? Are you suggesting that these things could attack us, not just spy on us? I mean, yeah, I mean, I think the, the the point I was trying to make was that like when you're talking about, um, you know, a stealth bomber, for instance, like the stealth bomber is only necessary against a, a, an adversary with a sophisticated air defense system. And there's only a handful of countries that even have something you would even need it for, namely Russia and China. Uh, you know, for any other of the hundreds of countries on this planet, you don't need something like that. There's no point. But any of the any country on the earth right now could can you can buy a drone. Right. Can or can probably even build a drone from scratch, uh, as Turkey did with its um, Bayraktars. Um, So, yeah. So the threat. So your so your potential adversary um, goes from, you know, countries that you can count on the fingers of one hand to all countries. And, you know, uh, so that and and all countries have many different motives, many different reasons why they might want to cause us harm. Uh, so it just it just becomes a, a, a much more confounding problem, really. Let's take another call. Here is let's see, uh, Todd in Somerset, New Jersey. You're on WNYC. Hi, Todd. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I had a thought of have seen having been seen some 1950s science fiction movies and knowing a little bit about the military and feeling that uh, listening to you here that if the military did not know what it was, really, they probably couldn't have shot it down because it could be something benevolent. Let's say, what if there was a uh, civilization that was sending some kind of aircraft and we just shot it down? It sounds like a 1950s movie. And so it seems like if it, it could be a benevolent thing. And if they didn't know what it was, they wouldn't. Why would they shoot it down? They couldn't really logically do that. They would want to know what it was. It seems paranoid, excessively paranoid to do that. Yeah, that's a really interesting question, Todd. Thank you for that. If they have no idea what they are, why would they be shot down? Couldn't there be a presumption of innocence like you would have for a person under the law? And what are the risks of acting rather than not acting? Do you want, do you want me to speculate? Yeah, yeah, that? yeah. That's for you. Because <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I thought it was just rhetorical. Um, listen, I mean, look what happened, right? Like this balloon drifted over the United States for day after day. And like you had critics of the government um, in Congress saying you're weak, you're ineffective, you're do nothing guy, you're sleepy. Uh, and so finally they shot yeah. it down. 
and um, well, and now they're shooting down everything they can find. Yeah, now so, they're shooting. I, mean, I don't everything. think it's it gets back to theoretical. Right. You know, what like what might what might be the case, I and mean, we know the dynamic. China's latest charge, um, I'll, I'll call it uh, his, their propaganda missile that I saw in the New York Times today, is to say the U.S. is overreacting to the spy balloon in a way that shows how broken our politics are. I think a lot of our listeners might agree with that. Um, you know, like we don't have anything more important to be concerned about than which party is tougher on China. Uh, but Senator Gillibrand, with whether we call it saber-rattling or something else, is really reinforcing that narrative. Or, or let's say countering that Chinese narrative by saying, uh, no, people, this is extremely serious. Yeah, I mean... I wonder to what extent these these sentiments are really earnestly felt and to what extent they are, to pardon uh, a, an expression, a trial balloon that people are sending up to sort of see, well, how are people going to react to this take? I mean, I, yeah. it seems to me that over the past week, there's been this kind of um, this urge to take this very seriously and and treat it as the um, potential you know trigger to World War Three on the one hand. And on the other, to see it as a sort of vaguely absurd dog and pony show that right. you know we can all chuckle over, right. uh, you know, and, and and I don't know if, if right. If, and I'll and right I'll say answer. this conversation has lived right there, and I mean I've generated it that way, right? It's somewhere between, huh, this might be really threatening, and come on, really this, yeah, exactly. And we live in a world that is so overrun with absurd, you know. Um, gambits to get attention for attention's sake. Um, and, you know, it's it's just um, a, one circus after another. Uh, so it's it's hard to see that this is it's hard, it's frankly, it's hard to me to imagine this is going to have any kind of lasting political impact. I think mm -hmm. it will be forgotten in a week, frankly. And can we even label good guys and bad guys here at all? Isn't this just spy versus spy and the various big powers are out to steal as much knowledge as they can about the other guys well we just don't know at this point i mean i personally I, i'm like an aviation journalist so i like i cover this stuff and right. I'm, i find it interesting and it's for its own right. sake so i intend in the weeks to come to try to figure out what is what is this stuff going to turn out to be once everyone else has turned their attention away from it what is it going to turn out that it actually was why do they actually do it i mean at this point nobody has even really given a convincing explanation for why you would want to float a balloon over the united states yeah. what can you do with a high altitude balloon that you can't do with a satellite or some other means of intelligence? right what can it see we don't have an answer to that question no i mean we i, we, I mean we can guess we can have informed guesses but at this point we we don't know we we have heard no reports in the military about what the uh, debris that they've recovered uh, off the, the coast had in it what it was intended to do um and so i think people's attention probably will have moved on to other things by the time we actually even know what was really happening here all right jeff wise science writer for new york magazine his latest article understanding the ufo war jeff thank you so much enjoyed this Thank you. It's been a great pleasure. Brian Lehrer, A Daily Politics Podcast, is an excerpt from my live daily radio show, The Brian Lehrer Show, on WNYC Radio, 10 a.m. to noon Eastern Time, if you want to listen live at WNYC.org. Thanks for listening today. Talk to you next time.